backfired big time. It backfired big time, you guys. Oh, but that is so mkallah. Yeah, say no. Yeah, of course. Well, if you would just say what you mean. Oh. Happy belated new year and welcome to a new episode on Hamburger Generation, Jeel El Hamburger. Today's story involves a mkallah who turns Fejr's endearing offering, which wasn't completely intentional, into a life mission in West Africa. Mkallah is an Arabic word which translates to shameless. And I hope you enjoy this one. So can we get um, each person to just introduce yourself? Hello and welcome to the hamburger generation, Jeel El Hamburger. Tonight on our table we have Allison as our guest. Hi everyone. Yeah, that's Allison. Pleasure to be here. And Fajr, her husband. Hey guys, happy to be here. And we have Isra, obviously our co-host. Woo! Well, Woo. It, uh, they need to listen. Oh, to oh this it. is my voice. You know who I am now. <laughs> And we have Mo sharing the mic with me. Hey, how's it going, everyone? I'm Mo. Uh, so, Fajr and Allison, how long have you guys been married or together for? Together for 13 years? Yeah, yeah, going on 13 years. From Well, the thing with Allison and I, we don't like to put numbers on things. So we That's have just so you don't have to buy me a present every year for our anniversary. <laughs> so what we do have is we have several anniversaries. Oh, oh several Allison. That's we more go, than we one. go with the longest anniversary, which is when we started dating. Our first date, yeah. Which was January sixteenth, two thousand and five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we kind of use that as our primary date. Uh, because we also eloped uh, before Allison moved to Dubai. And uh, due to social pressures <laughs> and uh, whatnot, we had a drive-through wedding in Vancouver, Canada. Drive-through, yeah. drive-through wedding. Yes, what I does do. that mean? Like we woke up in the morning, we drove to a uh, city uh, hall. Yeah, like a, yeah. Not even. It was more of a strip. We mall. weren't even <laughs> planning on it. I didn't even wash my hair that day. Yeah, and I was wearing a black dress. Uh-oh. Classy lady. <laughs> Which, like, could be bad luck in some people's eyes. Uh-oh. So, yeah, we literally woke up that day, and I'm like, yo, listen, we have a flight to Dubai in, like, two days, and we're not married, and we're going to have an apartment. You know, the fear. Yeah. So, we're like, let's go get married. We didn't tell her parents, so, as Allison said, she didn't wash her hair. We drove to the strip mall, and two hours later, we were married. Wow. So, it's, like, one of those things that happen in Las Vegas kind of thing? Except exactly. You're not, except you're doing it on purpose. Like. Yeah, except we were sober, and, like, we knew what we were yeah, doing. Yeah. True. But we didn't tell anyone. Her family doesn't know until today. Oh, well. Oh, well if they might find out if they... You think your parents would be into uh, Jill Hamburger? <laughs> well, they very well could be. But yeah, well, if they are listening, um, Deborah and Chuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> A little late now. You're no, actually, I did tell them. You told your dad? Yeah, oh. I told them. Plot twist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, after the fact, I mean, like a year after the fact, mm-hmm. I told them, listen, just so you guys know, we actually did. Uh, I'm actually already married. And they were like, okay. They, My mom specifically said, I understand you're trying to bridge two cultures and that was the right thing to do. And she said, why did you feel like you couldn't tell us? And I didn't want them to be offended. Um, that we did it so speedily. My family's also very sentimental. 
So um, it would have been, I thought that they would have, um, yeah, been offended that we just went into that as, a le- as like a pure legal thing. Yeah, at the same time, bridging the culture, we couldn't live together in Dubai and not be married. Were you ever worried about that fact, but like uh, about the law? Like, yeah, I mean, the legal aspect was a small part of it, but it was more like our family. Okay. Like, you don't move out of your house you until mean you're married. Your parents. True. Yeah, yeah, of course. So Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, what's happening with you? All the ladies out there, there's an available bachelor who's looking to leave his <laughs> mom's to house. Move out. Single and ready to mingle. 28 years old, still living at home. Stand in line, ladies. <laughs> We've got wanted commodity over here. <laughs> Yeah, we did the drive-thru wedding and we felt like we didn't want to use that as our official wedding day because okay. it was kind of like, oh, the day I didn't wash my hair and you know what I mean. Yeah. So the next year, we actually did get married. In Vancouver, uh, we had a party. right? We had a wedding party and a, re- yeah, a, and a re-ceremony type thing in Vancouver. Um, and do you know the date of that? Um, that was July 21st. Which year? Um, so yeah, you know, the details. There yeah, yeah. So, so that's we just, why we go we with just stick date. with January 16th, yeah. the, night, the day of our first date. So tell us, how was your experience? So you guys got married two uh, days before you moved to Dubai, where you had a teaching job. Yeah. And Fajr and his family were waiting to meet you in Dubai. Yeah. Okay, so tell us so about that. So actually, I met you guys a few weeks before, I mean, a few months before. Mm-hmm. I came in the spring for a visit, yeah. which is where I met everyone, the whole fam. And then I came as Fadger's in, like fiance, I guess, right? Yes, time. yes, I proposed to you, yeah. And then, and then I moved a few weeks later as your wife. A few months later as your wife. So tell us about your first impressions. Um, thought everyone was really nice. Oh, okay. That's, a, that's well, a good start. The whole family's here, so she can't say anything else. <laughs> now, hold on. Let's, uh, let's call Mama and Baba for this. <laughs> super welcoming. Super welcoming. Did Fedger prepare you for any no, like cultural no, things? No. Did he tell you like you have to only shake hands with the men or something like that? No. No. No warnings. No warnings, really. Or advice or anything. What? But. But hold on. To clarify, she can shake hands with everybody. Like, you know what I mean? But, yeah, you you shake hands with the men, but, like, the girls you kiss. Like, that thing, at least. So, okay, the kissing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the kiss on each cheek as a greeting. Yeah. Um, still getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, so not... Um, I mean, it's European, I guess. And it's just not a Western thing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's a... V- so I I, I, li- I did live in France for a bit, did the kiss thing. And yeah, like every time I'd see a French person, I'd be like, oh, shit. The kissing. The kissing thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, th- that was like something that was a bit different. Mm. D- do you know how many times you have to kiss on each side of the face? Um, so three times if you're really happy to see someone. Is that even right? I, don't I don't know what it's like for know. girls. I know for guys, it's like <laughs> so grab their one, hands, squeeze it as hard as possible. 
kiss one cheek and then turbo kiss on the other cheek. <laughs> turbo, turbo kiss. <laughs> turbo kiss. <laughs> and if it's somebody like Zaid, you're like, you're, it's like He's a wood, like. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, there's different kisses for different cultures, of right? Of course, of course. The Jordanian, Palestinian one is kiss on one side, then turbo on the other. While okay. squeezing the hand. That's Lebanese is kiss on one side. To the other side, then back to the first oh, side. Oh, I seem to do it the Lebanese way. Yeah, that's the Lebanese way. Yeah. Uh, Emirati way is just turbo kiss from the first cheek. I thought Emirati was like nose touch. It's like an Eskimo kiss. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, for the that guys. Too. For the girls, mm. it's turbo kiss. But, and are the lips actually touching the cheek or is it more cheek to cheek? Oh, no, no lip touching the cheek. Yeah, you don't really go for that. Oh, Mwah. I used to. I used to really hard when Ew. we when we used to go to. So Jordan, I feel like sometimes I like do that by mis- like yeah. Well, now you know. Still getting used to the, <laughs> the whole kiss thing. Yeah, when when I used to go to Jordan. By the way, I'm Mo Fajr's brother. Just for clarity. For when, we, when we used to go to Jordan, and we used to do the handshake with all the ammos and khalos when we get there, like Teta's house or something, and I would go around. And they always do the one kiss on one side and then the turbo kiss. But as they do the turbo kiss, they start saying like, we'll give him mother, we'll give him mama, we'll give baba. And they like between kisses, we'll give him mother, we'll give him shogun, we'll give him, we'll give him. And then I'd always be like, oh, I got to reply. You know, and try to catch up. It's, uh, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, As they're turbo kissing, they're like laying down the questions on you. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you remember these uh, little funny oh details. Oh, man, yeah, the turbo kiss details. Yeah, especially with like Dar Ammo Muhammad, who have like 18 kids. It's like when you walk in a room, dude, it takes like 30 minutes to like kiss everyone and like get interrogated with each one as they're turbo kissing you. So awkward. Is it really necessary? Can't you just like walk in and be like, howdy, y'all? So one yeah. thing that I, that I learned... Mm, I guess the hard way was you do the kiss for the greeting, but when people leave, it's very casual. It's just like see ya, and you leave. You don't kiss people to say goodbye. Mm, yeah, it's less. But like in my home in Canada, when we're saying goodbye, it's like a big deal. Like hugs, kisses all around. Like it's even more important than the greeting. It seems ah, more significant. So I remember one time your mom had a bunch of ladies over. I said hi to everyone a few minutes later i was leaving but maybe like three minutes later so i just finished saying hi and then i was like oh okay i'm leaving now i guess i kiss everyone again and then i went around <laughs> and kissed everyone again and then after fadri was like you don't need to do that and i was like oh well, i thought it was common sense you kiss in the beginning and then you just walk at the end <laughs> these other cultures man <laughs> who would have thought that they do it differently so speaking of other cultures like were you guys shocked about certain things about each other's cultures or like Fajr you grew up in Canada right so maybe you already knew some stuff but maybe Allison mm-hmm. things were new for you yeah I guess I didn't emphasize how different it was because we grew up in both cultures we grew up I grew up midway in Dubai slash Jordan slash Canada so I was unable to stress the differences to me it was all like normal of course. You know what I mean? You don't even think it. about it. Mm. You're right. in it. You're in mm. it. Yeah. You just switch on the turbo kiss mode one day and then the next day it's howdy y'all, you know? Yeah, true. I mean, I, I was asking more about like when you guys got together, like when you guys became, were married, mm. did you notice any, any like cultural oh, yeah, immediately, shifts man. Like in when your I wanted, life? Yeah. When I wanted to like ask 
for her hand in marriage. I didn't have a, to bring a jaha. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> there was no jaha present <laughs> the day I proposed to her. No finjan ahwe situation. No finjan gahwe, no nothing. It's just like I, you know. Oh, we got a call. Yeah. Caller, you're on the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's my husband. Custom message. I mean, something that I'm still getting used to today, besides the kissing thing, is also just the general um, offering of people things, like how you offer something three times and the other person refuse, like refuses uh, that thing. You guys know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't expect things from the first time. What yeah, are you? Obviously, uh, I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, even today, for a concrete example, I was sitting in your dad's place at lunch mm-hmm. because he it was, it was announced he wouldn't be joining us for lunch. But then he came down. So I got up and I was like, oh, please sit down. He said no. But then was still kind of standing there. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get up. Like, no, please sit down. He's like, no, it's okay. And then I was like, okay, well, then I'm just going to sit down. And then your dad went around to another spot. Uh, He did want to sit, like secretly he wanted to sit down. Upon further reflection, I should have just got, like, you don't ask, you just do it kind of thing. You you have shamed us by sitting down, really. And Baba walks in the room, you get up. What are you thinking? This isn't isn't like a debate. Hey, you want to sit down? No, Baba walked in. You best get up. That's something that I have to get used to is even if someone maybe does want something, they're not going to say like, oh, please, yes. Like, please move, you go I, I, I've you know had what this I mean? issue before, definitely. And there's been a few other cases like this as well. Maybe I can't think of off the top of my head, but, you know, people don't say what they mean. And <laughs> <laughs> it gets confusing. Yeah, that is true. There's a lot of uh, untold uh, things in, in the Arab culture. You know? By the way, just to set the scene... Allison and Fajr are currently visiting from Cambodia and staying at Fajr and I's parents' house. So that's why there's all these interactions going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, you know that you've really made it in life when you're 34 and you're back living at home. <laughs> <laughs> With our baby as well. With our baby, yeah. Uh, baby summer, of course. Talking about the whole cultural thing. So I have my own culture. Allison has her culture. Mm. which is a very open culture, the Canadian culture. It's the mainstream culture. Okay. And sometimes we run into challenges when we're in a third culture country. Mm. So I have to deal with things my way, the way I think they should be dealt with. And Allison's like, no, you're a total idiot. Just be cool, you know? <laughs> and uh, this takes us to the beautiful country of Senegal. Remember being in Senegal, babe? Yeah. Yeah. What <laughs> happens in Senegal? So... We were going on a big trip, and this was going to be the final trip before we had a baby. Mm. We wanted to do something really special. So we decided to overland from Morocco to Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a very challenging route, little visited. A lot overland. of people go to... Exactly, overland. So it's about a little over 5,000 kilometers, over three months. And I think we were covering seven countries. Morocco to Mauritania from Mauritania into Senegal. And once we got to Dakar, which is... The uh, capital? Yeah, the capital, but it was also the French capital of uh, French Africa. So a lot of embassies are in Dakar, and it's a really big city. It's like the Dubai of uh, 
that part of the world. So that was a good point for us to start collecting visas for the upcoming countries, Guinea, Guinea-Bissau, the Gambia, and Sierra Leone. A lot of the countries we went to, it was quite easy. We managed to get the visa no problem for most of the countries. So during the days, we'd be running around embassies collecting visas. And then at night, we'd be having fun. We'd have a day off here and there. And we got all our visas, except Sierra Leone, which was the last country we were going to go to. So we went to the embassy. This is in Senegal. You went to the Sierra Leonese embassy? Exactly. Yeah, finding the embassy on its own was a nightmare because Google had it wrong. And uh, yeah, it took like a half day just to find the embassy. Eventually, we found it, though. Mm-hmm. And when we walked in, to our surprise, they were very serious. They wanted us to have hotel reservations, onward tickets, uh, yellow fever certificates, a yeah. bunch of good stuff. Yeah. What's yellow fever certificate? Uh, it's just uh, oh, like yeah. that. Okay, okay. Yeah, for yellow fever. Vaccination. Vaccination, mm. which you need in a lot of African countries. By the way, we bought Allison's yellow fever vaccination for three dollars at a market in Mauritania. And so she if you was, don't have your yellow fever shot, exactly. No Gordon Workshop Central Market, Victor. Uh, Plug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, man, uh, we were in Mauritania and we ne- I knew we needed to get this thing. And by chance, I ran into a doctor in a market who was sitting on a wooden chair with a sign behind him that said Dr. Muhammad Ibn, whatever his name is. Uh-huh. And this guy was wearing a tie and there were goats running all around him. We were outdoor. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, doctor, do you have like yellow fever certificates? He's like, yeah, for sure. I'm like, oh, I want one for my wife because I already had mine. And he's like, what's her name? So I gave him the name. And then he just wrote it on a piece of paper and stamped it. I'm like, you don't need her to show up to like actually get that needle? He's like, no, 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 it's okay. What? Yeah, stamped <laughs> it right there. It was uh, 1,000 Ugiye. Ugiye is, by the way, the currency in Mauritania, which is $3. That's quite the unique vaccination there, Alison. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Certainly was. Didn't have to get a needle, fine by me. Yeah, no, you didn't get a needle and we got and it. And I didn't get yellow fever either. Okay, yeah, okay, so that's good. <laughs> ba- back, to, back to Dakar, when we walked into the Sierra Leonean embassy, we collected all the needed papers. We show up the next day. We submit everything and they're like, oh, you have to wait for an interview with uh, His Excellency, the ambassador. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, what? An interview? What's going yeah. on here? Allison. Follow my lead on this one. So they told us, they gave us an appointment, come back in a couple of hours. And during those couple of hours, we really got our itinerary plan sorted between Allison and I. I'm like, listen, we're going to go here, we're going to go there, we're going to go to Banana Island, we're going to go look at chimpanzees. And you mean like sorted in the sense that if you're questioned about it, Yes, if yeah, they want to know what the tourists in their country are doing. So we had to know what there was to do and that they're, that we're spending money. And obviously you guys have to coordinate. So it looks like you're on the same page. Yeah, and we were thinking worst case scenario, like I go in one room, Patrick goes in the other. Like we have to know, know our plan, <laughs> know where we're spending our money, you know, <laughs> so they know. Yeah, so we coordinated like any good traveler does. We had our story down. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Patrick was like, we'll stay in this hotel. It was like the nicest one we could find. I knew that was a lie. Yes, it was a lie. Because <laughs> in fact, we had, anyway, we'll get into that later, where we stayed. <laughs> so, so you said his excellency, as in you have to meet with someone really high up in the embassy? Yeah, I think he's like the top guy in the embassy. Like the ambassador? Yeah. 
The ambassador. Let's call him Mr. Ambassador. But is he meeting every traveler? Dude, nobody goes there, to Sierra Leone. There aren't any travelers. Oh, oh okay. I forgot to mention, this was during the Ebola days. Oh, all right, all right. All so right, this was right. at the end of the Ebola crisis, and there weren't many travelers going. And I think they have a problem with the smuggling of diamonds. Um, mm, right, yeah. yeah. So, so they, they, they wanted to weed out the sketchy people that are there to steal their country's resources. And of course, Fajr, brown guy with a white girl, not sketchy at all going into <laughs> Ebola-plagued Sierra Leone. No, man, it was our pre-baby honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> we had so many fun activities planned. Yeah, we had like all sorts of activities planned. So we, we paid for our visas, and I got to mention to our dear audience that are thinking of going to Sierra Leone, it will cost you. Do you remember how much it cost? Mm. It was crazy. So it was like a hundred and sixty. A hundred and sixty a person. Very expensive for. Hundred sixty dollars. Yeah, what? for a hundred and sixty U.S. dollars just to get the visa. Okay. So here we are at the embassy, and. Uh, Wait, a hundred and sixty U.S. dollars per person. Mm-hmm. To have insane. the privilege to go into the country of Sierra Leone, and I gotta say. Before I uh, make fun, Sierra Leone turned out to be one of the most beautiful countries I've ever been to. But at the time, on paper, it was like, oh, pay all that money to go into an Ebola-infested country. <laughs> yeah. It didn't make sense. But once we got there, we kind of got it. It's a really special place. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so it was interview time. And uh, this is when I switched to Arab mode. This is where the cultural difference comes in. <laughs> Because if it was honest Canadian Allison, it would have been like, yeah, this is what we're doing. But of course, I had to put my, my Arab spin on it. Yeah. Uh, so we and walked in. you paid in. the price for it. Oh, yes, I certainly did. Ooh. So we walked in and this uh, bald five foot two guy walks in. Join, and apparently it's the ambassador and joins us on the table. And I'm like, okay, I got this. I got this. I'm like, hey, you know, I went in all big up. Like, ah, oh, how are you? Kev Halak. I've always learned, like, when you talk to people, you don't go into the, you know, the fact of the matter. You got to ask them about the family. Mm. You got to, you know, you got to <laughs> talk <laughs> about other things. Mujamale, mujamale. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Of course. When I started talking to him, I'm like, oh, how are you, uh, Mr. Ambassador? Oh, do you have any wife? Do you have any kids? You know, trying to break the ice. The yeah. ambassador. <laughs> so the ambassador, which I didn't know at the time, he was a hustler, man. These people are hustlers in those countries. Yeah. So as he's looking on our paperwork... He barely looked at our papers. He just kind of sat there and just like looked at us. He's yeah, he's like, the, okay, these, okay, what are these people? And why is yeah. this guy asking me about my wife? <laughs> <laughs> so oh, uh, he, 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 <laughs> do you have a wife? <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you have kids? How old are they? You know, he's like, well, who is this guy? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> even though kids? part of getting a visa, you have to have accommodations pre-booked. And we showed him that by showing him our booking.com receipts. He was trying to sell us his hotel. He's like, oh, when you get there, you should stay here. Here's oh. the card for my guest house. Which is a major conflict of interest, obviously. You just yeah. wouldn't expect an ambassador to be... Yeah. Hustling their hotel. Yeah, I mean, you're the ambassador of the country, dude. You're like trying to hustle me your hotel? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect this. But 
I'm like, whatever. But know. that's not even like a worst case scenario. No, it's not like, at all. So you didn't care about our hotel booking, in fact. Yeah, I said, yeah, we'll stay in your place, man. It's yeah. not a problem. Like, yeah. I'm there. Yeah. You say it's the exactly. best ambassador. I'm there, you know? <laughs> totally. And as I'm like telling him how I'm going to stay in his place forever and ever, I mentioned to him, oh, listen, man, by the way, since we're going to Sierra Leone, would you like me to take anything for your wife? Like... We're going anywhere. Right? Yeah, yeah, man, Why are like, you like, stuck on this wife thing? <laughs> your, your family. Like, what's the issue? He lives away from his family. Yeah, yeah we're he headed away. toward his family. And obviously, Fajr said this in a way to like be endearing and be like classy to the guy. To and like at this him. point, we hadn't gotten the visa yet. Exactly. So Fajr was just buttering him up. I was buttering him up indeed. And I offered, hey, since I'm going anyway and you live far away from your family, I can take something for them. And he's, as soon as he heard that, he's like, oh, good idea. Come back tomorrow. <gasps> oh. 12 o'clock, the package will be ready. Oh, what? <laughs> and what? we really wanted to get the visa right away. We didn't want to come back the we next day. We did not day. want to come back. So I was like, so conflict number one, I was like, why did you have, I mean, it's nice to <laughs> offer, but if you aren't prepared to be taken up on that offer. I did not think he would be Amkalleh. <laughs> I thought he would be like, no, man, so thank like, you. I was like, Fadr, you idiot. If <laughs> you didn't offer, we probably would have the visa now and we wouldn't have to come back tomorrow. Yeah, oh, so we had to stay another night in Dakar. up actually like... Backfired big time. Yeah. It backfired big time, you guys. At that moment, oh, but, I'm but like... But that is so Amkalleh. Yeah, well, Amkalleh. supposed to say no. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> Well, if you would just say what you mean. Oh. oh if you don't want to carry a, a package for someone, then don't offer it. Well, anyway, I had no idea that an official at that level would be some kalleh. Okay, hold on. Just to clarify, please translate the word imkalleh. Like imkalleh, a little bit. To me, it means one without a shame. With one without a social shame. Social understanding. Of a situation. Yeah. Shameless, I would say. Yeah, yeah someone yeah. who's shame, shameless. Yeah. Um, Why are we explaining this? This this is going to all the Arab viewers. They should know what uh, is. If not, they are in themselves. Pull out the qamus. So, oh, by the way, you guys, side note. My Wi-Fi network in Cambodia is Mkalleh. That's the name of it? It's an inside joke for myself. Okay, cool. Because anytime <laughs> cool story, somebody's bro. like, hey, man, what's your Wi-Fi code? I'm like, oh, the network is in Kelle. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, why is he crazy? <laughs> anyway, moving on. So he tells you to come back the next day. Tells me to come back the next day. So now we have to stay in Dakar another night, another night in a hotel, another, you know. And I'm like, oh, man, bummer. Like, I was really looking forward to being in the Gambia tomorrow, hanging out on the beaches. Oh, well, what's another extra day? Plus, I'm going to hook this uh, ambassador up. Like... You know, for sure. Favor for a favor. Yeah, favor for a favor. And like, I'm just networking here, dog. I'm networking. I'm networking with the ambassador. I'm doing him a solid. This is going to be huge. Yeah. And all I'm thinking of is the look in his wife's eyes, you know, when I (laughs) present her with a diamond ring he's going to give me to give her or something like that. Right, Alison? So... So I want to let you continue the story. I just, I'm like dying to know what's the package. Oh, yeah, yeah, well... God, who would have thought a package could be sketchy in West Africa? <laughs> I show up the next day. With our, we leave our bags outside. We bring our bags because we're like, like we're col- we, we were backpacking. So we literally had a 60 liter backpack each on our backs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to continue on to the station after that. Absolutely. So we were there. Cool. 
We'll be there by 12 o'clock, pick up the visas. By 1, we're in a bus. By 4 p.m., we're on a beach. We get there, and this dude is like, please enter my office. We go in, and he had a huge package. <laughs> like, this thing in no way could ever fit in my backpack. It was bigger than my backpack. So it was three things, three items. The first was a serving table, okay? A tray. Oh, my God. A, a tray. tray, like a big old tray. I must say it must be like a meter long, <laughs> half a meter wide, like a big old tray. Like saniya, saniya. Saniya, oh, saniya. Okay. Okay. Okay? A black saniya, which looked like it had a leather top. So I'm like, oh, this is an expensive saniya. Like it needs personal care. <laughs> oh, you guys, I, f- I forgot to mention, well... From Dakar to get to Freetown, Sierra Leone, we're looking at five more countries to cross, five oh more borders. What? This was Sierra Leone was the end of our trip. Yeah, and we were like in the beginning of our trip. Yeah, true, true, true. So when I got this package of the tray, number one, in addition to that, he gave me a wooden uh, pistol and mortar. A wooden pistol? Pestle and mortar. Pestle and mortar. like a gun. Okay, okay. Pestle and mortar. Which is. What is a pestle? I don't. I, uh, I actually don't know what that is. You see it in your mother, like. Ah, the thing you put the garlic in and you mash it. Okay, okay, cool. Anyway, he gave it to us, and it was huge. It was the largest thing of its kind that I have ever seen. Oh, really? This thing was huge. It was as big as like half of Allison. Mm-hmm. And and the stick that came with it, the I mortar. believe you call that the pestle. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I thought that part was the mortar. Was it the mortar? Oh man, we gotta. I, I don't want to debate my what's a pestle and what's a mortar. Whatever, just say the wood, the thing that you smash with. Nobody knows what a pestle and exactly. mortar is. Exactly. Yeah. Moving on, you guys. So uh, I had these three items. They were all big. They were all awkward. And as he gave them to me, I'm thinking they're probably stuffed with drugs or something illegal. So I got the items. We grabbed our backpacks. And as he's giving them to me, you guys, you got to think about my mental at the moment, at that time. First, I'm like, man, this guy is Mkalleh. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Is he joking? Is he, like, trolling me? Like, hey, this dumb kid walked into my office and was trying to chat me up and offer to carry something. So I'm going to give him the three weirdest objects that are the least comfortable for him to haul across Africa. So I th- like initially I was like, he must be trolling. What's going on here? But a, the bigger part of me was like, <laughs> I promised him. And as an Arab, I will keep my word. If I promise him to carry this across the next five countries, I will deliver. Mm. Like that's, that became my, my motto. Yeah. You know Mission. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you have to be like a man of your word. I was a man of my word, and there was nothing going to stop me from delivering these to his needy wife in Freetown. <laughs> so I checked the items. It seemed legit. No drugs inside. So and what were they again? Sorry, a tray? It a was a tray. A matane? A matane, but the actual, mat- the actual the body. Ones. And the stick in which you used to totahim. Oh, my God. But the stick was huge, dude. It was as big as your arm. Uh- <laughs> Like, oh, really? It was a huge one. It was a big one. It was like a meter high. Okay. And uh, what was the third one? Well, that, that's the three items. It's a two-piece matane. Ah, the matane comes true. in two pieces. Okay. Come on, Jamil. <laughs> but uh, of course, Allison looks at me, rolls her eyes. Yeah. You had to ask. <laughs> you had to ask. 
You had to ask when you didn't mean it. And I proceeded. Uh, it's my honor and it's my word and I have to deliver it. So needless to say, the next two and a half months were us traveling thousands of kilometers in every terrain. I remember one time we had to do like a three-hour motorbike journey through sand and rivers. And I'm like carrying everything, including these stupid items. <laughs> and I'm just like, the ambassador, I gave him my word. <laughs> this, thing, this thing took over me. Like people would be asking me in the middle of West Africa, what are you doing here? I'm like, I have to deliver these things to the ambassador. <laughs> like it took over the journey. It became the theme of the journey. Yeah. And my theme became not to help carrying this awkward giant piece of extra luggage. I, j I wouldn't even touch it. Yeah, and sometimes it. I would like walk out of the room and I would forget it, wink, wink. And Allison will be like, don't forget it. <laughs> Go, you know, you made the promise. But uh, we came to, uh, we, we named the object, the, the, the package. We called it Damkalleh. Uh. And Damkalleh, and delivering Damkalleh to the ambassador's wife in Sierra Leone became the theme of our trip. As I mentioned, it took over me. And I, w I didn't even know what I'm doing anymore. Like, where are you going? I got to get to Freetown. Why? I got to deliver it to the ambassador's wife. Like, it was so crazy, man. We were in the middle of nowhere. Like, and people, uh, yeah, it was just like, it was, it was funny to say the least. Horrible for me because I had to carry everything. The overland journey itself was one of the most horrendous I've done in my life. I've been to nearly 100 countries and by far the worst road conditions mm. and public transportation uh, resides in West Africa. With the package? Well, of course. The package was like the purpose of life at that <laughs> At that time, it was my purpose of existence. It was the reason I existed on planet Earth. Mm. And uh, so did you get to Sierra Leone? Well, eventually, fast forward two and a half months, we get to Freetown. Two and a half two months? And yes. Half? Two and a half months, 4,000 kilometers later, five countries, we arrive into Sierra Leone. And I have them with me, oh my the package. Yeah. I was so happy. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, can you imagine, like, if you're put on earth for one purpose and that day you arrive into, like, the purpose, <laughs> I was so happy. And that, by, by then, we've lost a lot of weight. Allison was really sick. What about the yellow fever certificate? I thought she had it. Yeah, no, she did have it. But you got you to keep in mind, we were in, well into Ebola territory. I didn't have Ebola, though. No, you didn't have Ebola, but, you know, you could have had anything. <laughs> <laughs> could have had yellow fever or Ebola. Anyway, I uh, got up in the morning. Allison was pretty ill that day. And to me, this was the triumph day. This was the day in which I'm going to deliver them kalleh to the, His Excellency, the ambassador. Mm. His ambassador's wife. wife. His and wife. I could tell, like, in my mind, this thing is playing on. And in my mind, this poor lady is sitting at home waiting any day for the savior <laughs> to bring her the much-anticipated package. Yeah, for all you know, they've been living for months on end, unable to grind their spices. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or serve, or serve their drink. <laughs> <laughs> so I grab his business card, which has his hotel name on it, which I'm supposed to stay in. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I call up his house number, and a lady picks up the phone, and I'm like, oh. I'm going to give her some good news now. She's going to scream and faint when I tell her who I am. I'm like, yes, my name is Fajr. I was sent by your husband, the ambassador in Sierra Leone, or the ambassador 
in uh, Dakar. I have the package. She's like, who are you? You're like, what do you want? <laughs> I'm like, the ambassador, your husband. She's like, oh, the ambassador. Oh, he's right here. You want to speak to him? Can you do that in an African accent? Do you want to speak to my husband now? <laughs> do you want to speak to my husband now? He's here. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Hold on. You're telling me that the ambassador is here right now? And I had to carry this package for the last two and a half months? And he beat you there? Yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah. He flew in last night from uh, Conakry or whatever. And I'm like, okay. Give me the ambassador. Let me speak to him on the phone. And like, I'm questioning things here. I'm just like... What's going on, Ambassador? Uh, I thought I was doing this huge favor and like you're there already? Like you gotta uh, carry this stuff yourself. And I get the phone. I try to make him remember who I was. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, come by. Come by my house. And I'm like, okay. I leave Allison in the room. Uh, well, I asked you if you wanted to come, actually. I said, no, I, I won't take part in this. <laughs> yeah. she, she washed her hands clean from the whole situation. But obviously you're Arab honor. Dude, I've You're been like traveling across the toughest terrain on planet Earth, as far as I'm concerned, for the last two and a half months. This is yeah. my destiny, <laughs> you know? I hop on the back of a motorbike and I'm like, take me to the ambassador's house. Oh man, dude, I was imagining a scenario of the Biha. Upon arrival, Mensaf. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm this like, is, this is the moment where you get your reward. And yeah. Exactly. Like, I am hooking him up. I am sure there's a delegation. I will see the blood running down the hill as I approach it because of all the the, the bayah. <laughs> like I'm gonna get well fed, and I'm like, yeah, I'll probably get Allison a takeaway plate. Yeah, yeah. you know, I'm like, dude, this is gonna be unbelievable. I walk in, he's not even there. What? So the guard or the person at the door gives me a seat on their porch. Eventually, he comes out with his wife, mm. and I'm like, I run to hug him, you know, <laughs> and, and I gave him a hug. It was really awkward. And we all sat down, and he starts looking at me. He's like, damn, like, this guy's for real. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> he actually showed up. And I'm like, yeah, Mr. Ambassador, I have the package. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got to mention, man, this matane, uh, this tahne thing. Yeah. Throughout our trip, it was in every village we passed. It was probably the most common item. Oh, my. Uh, uh, throughout our journey. Markets. It was in every market, in every household, in every restaurant. But I'm like, you know, this one has like significance. The crusher yeah. thing. So yeah. I look, yeah, the crusher thing. I look at his wife in the eyes as I present her, you know, the, the crusher thing. And uh, she looks at me, looks at her husband, looks back at me like in total confusion. She's like, what's this guy all about? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, here you go, madame. Oh, <laughs> bow down. Yeah, and like wait. I bow down like, like the night, you know? <laughs> wait for their response. Like, she oh. just like looks at her husband. The, you know, everybody looks at each other for a while and she's like, okay, do you want something to drink? And I'm like, yes, I'll have your sweetest nectar. <laughs> <laughs> the nectar of success. She's like, we only have water. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, I'll have water. <laughs> water yeah. before, the, before yeah. the food, obviously. Yeah, before yeah, the, the water Dubai. before the Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then. She brings me out the drink, oh. and she serves it to me on an identical tray. Uh, oh man! <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, dude! <laughs> to exactly. the tray you brought. Yeah, an identical tray. Oh my God! Yeah. So this guy clowned me, dude. He made me yeah. carry this thing <laughs> like a chicken with its head cut off, running across West Africa, just being like. <laughs> 
Sierra Leone, ambassador, مكلح. My word, my word. And and I'm like, this dude just played me for the sucker that I was. Uh, I hung out there for a little bit. There were no the bayah. With a glass of water on an identical tray. And then I went back to Allison. And uh, now I have this story to tell about uh, uh. these guys in West Africa. Yeah, so uh, I should have listened to Al on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember even on the trip, you had dreams about forgetting the package. Yeah, it was really Nightmares about forgetting it. Yeah. But you did follow through. Um, but in the end... Maybe the lesson is don't offer something if you don't, if you're not prepared to be taken up on it. Or maybe don't offer something if you're not prepared to be taken up on it if you're not in an Arab country. Maybe. I guess the lesson is when Baba walks in the room, get up. (laughs) 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 But yeah, you guys, this was my uh, journey through West Africa with the Mkalleh. I'm just imagining you like while you're sleeping and just like sleep talking like, (laughs) 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 Mkalleh. <laughs> Jamil, it was so awful, man. I mean, I, I couldn't in words describe the epicness of the journey itself. Like, dude, we, we went through some But hey, orders. man, I mean, at the end of the day, you did it. I did do it. Like, screw it. Who cares? Who yeah. cares what, it, what yeah, it's man. worth to them? It's what it's worth to you. Exactly. It does add to your integrity of a man. Exactly. A, I mean, it got me points. Wow. You know that you, you're a man. You know that you did it. You followed your word. You made an offer. A uh, gesture yeah, of through. kindness. But uh, the whole meeting with the guy and his wife was so awkward, man. Mm. Then their son came and then they introduced me to their son. And like the whole thing was so scammy. And that was really the, the theme of a lot of uh, the travel in West Africa. Crooked border people. When we were crossing into the Gambia, the guy looks at me. He's like, from the bottom of your heart, please give me money. And I'm like, no, I'm not giving you money. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of stories about corruption. Mm. Yeah, but once you mm-hmm. got to the cities and the beaches, it's the awesome. Lo- the locals are awesome. It's the best, man. I have to say that Sierra Leone surpassed all expectations I had. Mm-hmm. The beaches in the Freetown Peninsula are some of the best in the world. Dude, cool. It's beautiful, beautiful. Really Do they have waves there? Do people go surfing over there? Absolutely, oh, yes, my friend. Absolutely. We were surfing every day with zero other people. The, 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 the thing with surfing is it's one of those activities. As you're doing it, you're thinking about nothing else. You are 100% in that moment. Like when you are paddling to catch that wave, yeah. you're not thinking about your homework or did I do this or that. You are just thinking about how that wave is going to hit you and how you're going to catch it. It's, you're totally in it. Thank you very much for listening to this story on Hamburger Generation. We are constantly in search of that golden story in everyone's life. If you feel your story is worth sharing on our podcast, we want to know about it. So share it through our website, hamburgergeneration.com. And we will do everything in our power to make sure your story has a home in the Hamburger Generation podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the flip side.